and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I am your host, Casey Ruff. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to do something really amazing. I um, was able to go and interview my grandparents. When when I think about who we can have on as a guest in, in the context of you know health and fitness, I, I couldn't think of anybody better to have than my grandpa and grandma, uh, Glenn and Ardith Ruff. They are a combined 174 years old, so clearly they're doing something right and they've sorted something out. So I drove down there to, to Springville um, and we did a, an episode and it was it was really wonderful. And about mm, 20 minutes in, I bumped my elbow on the power cord of my podcaster and we lost everything from the first 20 minutes. So that's why you're hearing me do this introduction a little bit differently. We'll get to the rest of the interview here in a second, but I just want to catch the listener up. My grandparents have lived in the same house for a bazillion years. They bought the house. I think their mortgage cost them 50 or $60 for 20 years until they owned the house outright. They live a very simple life, but they are some of the happiest and most accepting people that I have ever had the pleasure of knowing. So we started the conversation. We talked about um, the, their their rotary phone that they have in their living room. This is the first year that they actually got cell phones. And it was a crazy day, the day that I got a um, text message from my grandparents who can hardly sort out their cell phone. They still have a working rotary phone in the front in their front room. We talked about what it was like to grow up for them. They grew up in the depression and my grandmother in particular had to sleep three sisters to a bed. Um, either one of them had to go to the bathroom outdoors uh, we talked about how my grandpa is still riding his bike at 90 years old. He tools around the neighborhood. In fact, he got hit by a car earlier this year. So we, we talked a little bit about that and what that recovery process was like. He basically doesn't remember anything. He was riding around and next thing he knew, he woke up in the hospital and had to spend the night. We talked a little bit about the current pandemic and the situation of the pandemic um, and, and different challenges that they have had in their lives that, that helped them realize that they can ride this one out as well. We talked about socializing and the importance of having a good social life. My grandpa will still go do coffee with his friends that um, live around him. They are basically the only Democrats in a really Republican area of our state and of our country. And so he has to go do battle with these guys at a distance every single day. And the, the importance of having a good social life is proven to be something that really helps contribute to longevity. So this interview, th there will be some rambling. Um, there's there's going to be a lot of storytelling, but there's also a lot of wisdom and there's a lot of heart. And we get to the end part of the episode and I ask my grandpa to read some of his poems. He He writes poems and some of them are actually really quite good. And my grandmother asks if he would read one called Together that was a poem that you'll hear in the story. He was you know, throwing his poems away and my grandmother found them and says, whoa, you have to keep them. And this was the first one that she had found. And it was about the two of them. And she requested of him that he would read this. So this poem would be read at her, her funeral. And as you're listening to the moment, it's a, it's an extremely tender moment. And what sounds like laughing is my grandpa weeping just just crying and it's a it's a very raw and emotional moment and one that I was so fortunate to be a part of and I will cherish and keep 
as a special moment in my life forever. So I don't, I don't know if we'll even have listeners on this one. I just, I want to put this out there because for a very unassuming couple, the, the joy and the wisdom that they have to share is immense and they are more Zen-like and kind than any other humans that I've ever met. So without further ado, let's get to that episode and I hope you enjoy. Okay, uh, welcome back to Bounce Body Radio. Um, that was my fault, little technical difficulty, and by technical difficulty, I mean I elbowed the power cord on my podcaster and completely shut it off right in the middle of your story. Um, so I'm going to go back and edit that later. Um, Grandpa, I was talking to you about um, traveling literally around the world, and you you just said that um, that wasn't necessarily the plan. No, no. So you, you started in California? Vallejo, California, caught the ship in the yard there. Okay. And then we went there. We went to the uh, San, uh, San Diego and then down to Panama and went through the Panama Canal. What was that like? <clears throat> it was, that is an awesome thing. Wow. It's, even today, it's a masterpiece of engineering. That sounds incredible. They move all that ships and they move all that, you know, raise them locks, raise the ships up and down, and it's all done with gravity. Wow. There's no pumping involved or anything. It's all done with gravity flow. Wow. It's all done with fresh water. That's crazy. Big lake and that up there. Wow. And then we come out and went up the East Coast, and then Newport, Rhode Island, become our home port. We run all over the Caribbean and all them kind of places. Then they went to... The Mediterranean, then we went down the Suez Canal, which is just a ditch. Mm. You know, it's don't have any locks or I nothing. See. It's just a ditch. Went down through there and then went to Formosa, then to Korea and back and forth with the war there. We we operated with a couple of different carriers and different ships and mainly the Missouri, the battleship we yes, oh, wow. we escorted them. The, we served with them, especially at Hung Nam, where we covered that big evacuation there. And then we went, finally come back to went to Pearl Harbor, and then back through the they ship went through the Panama. I went on leave and come home, and then went across the United States and met the ship. They went, the ship went through Panama and back to Newport, and then I caught the ship there. And then we went, so that made us clear around the world. Wow, and then. From there, we went up above the Arctic Circle, got a blue nose card for going above the Arctic Circle. Wow. And then come back. So I've crossed all, the, been through all the canals, the Panama, the Suez, wow. crossed the International Date Line, been north of the Arctic Circle, and to the, uh, what the hell is it called? What, what, what? <laughs> the equator. Oh, um, yeah. So I've had quite an experience. I joined the Navy to see the world, and I sure as hell did. You saw the world. <laughs> but I only joined for three years. Mm. But they 
Truman liked me so well, he extended me involuntarily for a year. So actually, <laughs> I, I spent four years in the Navy. Wow, that's crazy. My dad mentioned something about a wave in the Arctic or something that. Oh, oh yeah, I got drowned. I got about, Well, when we was up, in, we went up the Davis Strait. That's where all the big icebergs come from. Is the Davis Strait, and that's the one that sunk the Titanic come down. Mm. We went up there with an icebreaker. I can't remember the south wind or the north wind. But anyhow, we had a, these big ground swells was coming over a fantail, and there's a kick pipe, they call them, where the electrical cable comes up, and it's got a watertight deal on it. Well, the water, it was leaking, and the water was coming down and spraying in the compartment where the deck apes were. So being as electrician, we had the electricians had to go take care of it. Mm. So they put me in foul weather gear and had guys up on the old one deck with ropes. There's two two different ropes on me in case I got washed overboard. And I was on the back and I was repacking the deal and I got it all done. And the ship just kept going down and down and down. I what the hell? And I looked up and the water was about Oh, 14, 15 feet above my head. Oh. And I jumped up and grabbed the barrel of the 5-inch 38 and hung on, and the water hit me just about uh, shoulder high. And then it started trying to pull me off, and the water soaked through, and it knocked me unconscious. Wow. And they pulled me The guys on the dragged me aboard by the ropes, and they took me down in the, down in the sick bay and cut my clothes off, and Dried me off. Wow. Brought, revived me and gave me a shot of booze and I was ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've had several close calls. Wow. I drowned once in New York, too. How? Oh, I got drunk and passed out in the tub. Call <laughs> <laughs> us the spade. water going and water was running all over the floor and under the doors. And when they broke in, they... They had to call a fire department. They come save me. The hotel was very nice. They didn't, they didn't charge me for the damage or anything. They just told me that they never wanted to see my sorry ass ever, ever again. He said he wasn't even making bubbles. No, they said when they come in, I was laying in the bottom of the tub and the water running over the tub, top oh, no. of the tub, you know. They said, no, not even making bubbles wow. or anything. Do you think your picture's still somewhere behind the counter and don't, don't let <laughs> this guy? Well, you know, we spent New Year's Eve on Times Square. I mean, my Godfrey, what more do you expect? <laughs> Not to drown. That's got to be one of the biggest parties in the world. Wow. New York on New Year's That's Eve right. on Times Square. Boy, that place was so packed with people. They'd grab people and put uh, girls and put them on top of the crowd. They'd have a hell of a time coming down. Wow. You know, people just hold them up. That many people. Yeah. But you could go a block and you could look as far one way or the other and you couldn't see a soul. (laughs) (laughs) They fired a cannon down there, not even scared anybody. (laughs) Because it was all packed right there. Yeah, in that one area. Wow. How did the two of you meet? She was working in the bowling bowl alley. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You were working there. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I, was, I was a waitress. She was a waiter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> waitress, actually. I don't, not a waitress, but that's been funny. Wow. Huh. <laughs> no, I was still in, in school. Okay. Right? In senior, well, yeah. junior and senior high, I think. And 
I they'd come in for coffee or you know just we cleaned out that whole mess. You know? The bunch I run around with, we cleaned them all out. Luke Bird that owned the bowling alley thought he was running a marriage count because <laughs> <laughs> he'd hire girls and then we'd show up and marry them. <laughs> but now they the put scheme. me in jail. <laughs> 24-year-old guy chasing around a 17-year-old girl. Oh, yeah, wow. Said, wow, 17 at the time. Did. It's a good thing they did. he did because as I got older, I got uglier and honorier. And, you know, he went and had nothing to do with me then. <laughs> yeah, being just a PG, I can't tell you a story about why she sold so much ice cream when she was on. <laughs> Go ahead, tell him. <laughs> She didn't do it on purpose, but she used to wear a nice little blouse and down a little ways, you know. Yep. Well, all these old old codgers in there. Dirty old men. And find out are. what ice cream was the furthest under the counter. And they need ice cream cones. So I'd have to lean uh-huh. over and dig that ice cream. Uh-huh. And Luke Bird, when Ardeth would show up for work, he'd say, I'm going to sell a lot of ice cream tonight. <laughs> She didn't catch on what but the, some but of them guys that eat. It wasn't actually risque on a, on a blouse. I mean, it was kind wow. of like, be like yeah, this or lean around. Blouse. But when you'd lean over, yep, right, kind yep, of, yep. you know, Ben, you got a little <laughs> chesty here. <laughs> wow. Some of them guys that eat ice cream till they vomit, their lips are turned blue. <laughs> they don't even, even like the flavor, they just yeah. put it. They wow. just go in for that dig down there. Get them. <laughs> That's hilarious. When yeah. did you get married? Was it pretty soon after that, or was it years later? Yeah, well, yeah it was yeah, probably soon. less than a year. Okay, yeah. nice. You started having kids. Yeah. For, uh, after a couple well, of years, we took us two years yeah. to get started, slammed. and then we, we were... quit. quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we started having girls, maybe I just told you. <laughs> that was the time to pull the plug. <laughs> I got enough of that. <laughs> So you had your first David, then you had my dad, yeah, Wes, I, and then Anne is yeah, the third yeah, of those three. Actually, yeah. What was it like, like raising kids? Well, it was interesting. Hard to raise the kids, I didn't. I was too busy trying to be the best golfer, the best pool shooter, the best bowler, the best. I was, I was more interested in what I was accomplishing than really. Hard <laughs> took care of raising the kids. And huh. She really did. <laughs> so nice. Like I said, I'm not taking any responsibility. If they turn out great, I can't take credit for that. And if they turn out bad, I sure as hell ain't going to take credit <laughs> for it, the blame for it. So I can't. So. Well, Grandma, I, I would say she, they turned out oh, great. She, I think I got three of the best kids in the job. whole world. That's awesome. She done a great they gave job. They gave, gave us any problems. Well, speaking of that, my dad said that he would cause you problems, and when he did cause you problems, he would run through yeah. the house and hide in a corner. He would run to a corner. Terrible strategy. Terrible strategy. Yeah, it was. It was that. How dumb can you get? He'd always run in a corner. <laughs> it was easy to trap. <laughs> when when we'd be down to the lake, same thing. He, he was in the water, and he'd start throwing water, you know, mm. on us. And... <laughs> Then he got a little tired and wanted to get in the boat. I didn't let him in the boat. <laughs> you stay in there. You're you having fun. There. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, actually, we raised the kids in the boat. 
Yeah, so yeah, that's the best thing we ever did. I wanted to ask about that. So that boat is still sitting in yeah. your carport. carport. That's yeah. right. And how how when did you buy that? Sixty five. Wow. Sixty-five. And you've kept it up and working yeah. and all of that. So what what why boating and what did what does that mean to you? Why was that so important? Well, he told me in the first place he wanted to go down, you know, <laughs> go check a boat. Yeah, so they no, took us down the lake, in. and he says, "Now, whatever you do, don't let me buy well, the first boat." The first boat, but I did. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> have the boat. Let's get it. It was just a little fourteen footer, footer wood boat. It was the prettiest son of gun you ever seen. And it started out with the 35 horse on it, and then we ended up with a 75 on. And then I tweaked the bottom. Mm. I turned it upside down and put some wedges on it and worked them and worked it until I, I got that the little belt, <laughs> And it would go like the clatter wheels. Wow. We could outrun anybody on the water. Wow. It was a speedy little bugger. But then we started breeding kids, and then the 14-foot boat wasn't big enough, sure. so then I bought this 17-foot bell boat. You've had ever since, 65. We've had it ever, yep. ever since. Wow. We've probably taught them 100 kids how to water ski. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I've got all, great memories of that boat. I, I learned how to water ski in yeah. that boat. Yeah. All, all our neighbors, Susan, all her friends learned mm. how to water ski behind it, all slamming hands and Kids or friends, they all learned how to water ski behind it. Wow. Then we got pulling that inner tube deal. I don't have very good memories of that. <laughs> People would try to kill me. Yeah, Grandma was this. She was. <laughs> and what they call Mumsy Andretti. Yeah. She was a. Mummy old. Mummy old. Yeah. Andretti. The wild driver. Boy, she'd. Start doing figure eights out there, and wow. we'd throw kids so far. Oh, I don't we'd have knock them right out of their swimsuits. Wow. <laughs> and what was funny, the girls said, just go find their swimsuits and put them on. The boys would get all embarrassed. <laughs> they'd pull them drawstrings <laughs> on them till they couldn't, you know, get them any tighter. And then when they come off, and take half their hide <laughs> off their hips. <laughs> That's hilarious. The, the boys was a lot more bashful than the girls. That's were. really funny. That's funny, but it was it was fun. That's that was the best thing we ever did. No, every for raising kids. Sure. Well, everybody says you know the two best days of having a bike is the day you buy it and the day you sell it, and that certainly is not the case for you guys. You you got every bit of use out of that. It was a family activity. Our money's worth out of everything we get. Running (laughs) running the river is that was the best. That was the best. That's what I wanted to go to next. Water skiing and that was fun learning. Mm. But once you learn, then it's, oh, what the hell? Mm. Or you just get up and go and, well, big deal. But it was 10 times more fun. Yeah, it is. So, so tell, us, but, tell us about what what is the Friendship Cruise? Well, they started to have a race from Green River to Moab. You go down the Green River and up the Colorado River to Moab. Mm. And they, so to get people... <clears throat> To know the course or know what it involved, they had before the race, they had what they call the friendship cruise. Mm. And everybody would go down and make that circuit to see what it was and that. And we was racing boats that we water skied in and stuff like that. Wow. And it, the race was a riot. I won. It was neat. I won the 
pleasure class one year and took second in modified one year. But the race was really, really fun. But the friendship cruise was a whole thing. So, oh man, it was fun. I, I remember the story of you kind of coming around the last turn and, and Grandma, you were there too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, up see, on the cliff looking down. <laughs> we, were, we were, we were, I was going to race my uh, little black boat that Kendall Allward owned. And uh, we were setting it up to race it down at the lake. And Arnith was down with Jack Scouting in my boat, my little 14 footer. And he had out, he could, Arnith could now pull us. Slumscape could out, but would go faster in that black boat we raced in. Mm. But then we, we took it on the friendship cruise, and we kind of was going like the clatter wheels of hell and coming around a turn, and there was a whole bunch of boats stuck on a sandbar. And like an idiot, if I'd have kept going, we could have we could have went across it because it was going so fast. But I tried turning. Mm-hmm. And I throw a wall of water about 14 feet high and just rounded everybody. <laughs> oh, down. no. This one guy standing there, drew up in the water, and he says, My God, Ruff, how fast was you going? I said, I have no idea. My speedometer reached to 45. <laughs> <laughs> but we cracked the transom. Oh, wow. And actually, it just was a fiberglass. Yeah, that's awesome. But I thought it broke the bolt. So that's when I bought the tarpaulin. Wow. I bought the. The, what the hell kind of boy? Bell boy. Huh. And but so then can't we, remember. <laughs> I can't. And then we started we started <clears throat> taking the kids down on the friendship cruise. First it was we'd just go down. So first it was a race and then it became more of just a general event. Yeah. Well they, they kept having the friendship cruise and then they'd it have was a race. A couple of weeks before couple mm-hmm. of weeks, it was in you know. the what, War Memorial yeah. Day. I see. And then oh, it, the race was in June, yeah. about the middle of June. Interesting. But then <clears throat> all these big racing, you know, Keith Offer's racing team showed up and a whole bunch and blew, they just blew us out of the water because huh, we just ran in the boats. But sure. That we well, water skied in so we couldn't compete with them. When we were going down the river on the friendship cruise, you'd hit sandbars and you always carried a lot of tamarack. Tamarack. You know, so you could poke it. Mark them so the other so the others didn't run over you know mm. run in, across it. That, that that's where it come become the friendship cruise. Oh, yeah. they, they looked out for each uh, other, you know. Cool. And we went. Well, we probably had the best known boat on the <laughs> on the water, and uh, people didn't know us, but they knew our boat. And everybody, oh, there's the refinet. There's the refinet. Wow. And uh, we got so. When we'd show up before, they'd always have an angel. You know, before the start of the friendship cruise, you'd pull your boat in and they'd check all your gear and everything like that. And they got so we'd just pull in, the guy just fill it out, come hand it to wow. me. Wow. That's and cool. That one time we pulled in and the guy, the rangers got up on the boat and told, hollered at everybody. He says, You want to see how to load a boat to run the river? Come look at this one. And yours. Yeah. yeah. He says, They know how to run the river. Wow. In fact, we were we're in their production deal that they made. They they made a VHR a VHS deal about the friendship cruise. Oh, cool! Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Um, Late, I mean, much later on, I finally got the opportunity to do the river, and I I've got some really special memories of that. It's it's really quite a different place 
Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. But it's probably the last place on the Green River or the Colorado River, either one, that the river is almost exactly the same as it was 100 years ago. <laughs> because it's so remote, yeah. so desolate. It's and two stretches <laughs> there between on the Green River and the Colorado <clears throat> coming up are almost exactly the same. There's no development on it. There's wow. no dams on it. There's there's not. And so it's it's probably the last two places on that whole river system that you can say this is the way it used to be. Wow. <clears throat> but the river has changed since we started going down there. The, the river has changed immensely. Mm. What have you noticed? <clears throat> well, the tamarack has taken over. So that's an invasive tree yeah, yeah, species yeah, that yeah. just it, took over. Now everything. it's taken over. When we first started going down, you could pull off the river on the Green or the Colorado virtually anywhere you yeah. wanted to. Oh, there's no and way you could do that now. Now, tamarack, you'd have to, you got to cut your way through the tamarack. It's just taking it over. Wow. And then the river itself's moved. This one place where we used to like to camp, called we called it the ledge. It was a great place to. I've heard a lot of stories camp. about yeah. it. It's all caved in. It's mm. gone. It's yeah, not there anymore. Yeah. And one year we camped right at the base, <clears throat> what we call a coffee pot. Now, the last time I was down there, it's probably two blocks from the river. Oh, the wow. The river's way to the, over here, what, instead of being here, the river's way two blocks it's, away. It's moved that much, it's, literally. The river's moved that, wow. much, that far. Huh. Where they went, called, not, not the shoot, what was it? Is it the, the cabin? Cabin bar. Oh, yeah, cabin bar. Uh, we <laughs> went down, we used to go down through there. The river come around this way, but there was a, a narrow chute that you could go through. Wow. And Glenn <laughs> said the last time they're down there, they, they said, the had whole the river's chute. there now. The other side's cabin. drying up. Wow. So Interesting. Now the whole channel's there. Wow. Oh, that was funny that one day when we was in the tar plate. Yeah. This yep. man, Artis, and we. Come up that chute, we was going upriver, you know, because we wanted to stop there, hike up and see that little, we call it the Mulky Fort, up on top of the ridge. Yep. And we pulled it up there, and we both jumped out and grabbed the tree, you know, and neither one of us had the sea painter, the line off the front of the boat, and there's the boat going down the oh, river. No. So here I am, all my clothes on with artists 22 on my hip, Making like Johnny Wiseman or swimming. <laughs> he had to because I can't swim. So <laughs> having to catch that son of a bitch before he got away from us. Man, all, all my boots and everything else on. That was, that was a close call. That's hilarious. Now, that, we had another on the Colorado side, too. You know, we had them oars. I put oars on the oh, boat. You so need when to tell we. That. When we was drifting, you know, you could control the boat. Yeah, because you go, you, like you said, yeah. you start at Green River and you end up in Moab, which means you yeah, have to go forward. down river yeah. on the Green, but up, up river. Up there yeah. on the Colorado. Yeah, okay. So we, when we're drifting, <clears throat> you could use the oars to control a boat, unless like Casey and you'd always roll the wrong way. But that's a different story. We're going to have to fact check that one. <laughs> but anyhow, there was a sandbar just below where you can see the Dead Horse Point. And uh, the river just goes and makes a 90-degree turn there. It don't look like it. And I hit, invariably, I hit that sandbar. There's always a sandbar there. And I hit it all the time. So naturally, me and Artith come up there. I hit the sandbar. Well, I get out, and I got the oars. 
Well, I was out too trying to push on. And Artis on the side of the boat and pushing, and I'm on the back pushing it to get off the sandbar. He told me. I said, when when it just starts getting deep, jump in the boat. So she gets there and she pulls herself up to dive in the boat and lands on the short end of the oar. Well, the long end of the oar come up and hit me right under the chin. Awesome. Just flattened me, knocked me backwards on my back, and there's Artif hanging on the side of the boat, going down, down the river, and I'm laying there, oh! That's hilarious. Uh, she said it was an accident, but I don't believe her. Probably not. Well, even with him some way. She was sneaky. One year we went down, and I I was sick. Oh, my God, I was sick. Never do that again. But I said, if I'm going to die, I might as well die on the river. So we go down, and we're pulled up to the bank for some reason, and I ask Artif, I says, how deep is it? Well, she takes the paddle, goes over there. Oh, it's only that deep. Oh, you know, pretending like she hit bottom. So I stepped out of the boat <laughs> expecting to go in this much water, and it's probably 25 feet deep. And she said, <laughs> She said, No, I really hit bottom. No, she just fainted. She went, Oh, there it is. <laughs> but you know, the next day I was in great health. I come back off the river in great health. Yeah, but he insulted me after I tried to save him. Not really. I yeah, he, no, comment. he insulted me. <laughs> he probably. I, he was all wet. And I, I had a, a raincoat that was my dad that I always used to take down, you know, in case we got wet and rained on and that. And so I took all my, my pants and everything and so he could have them. I put her dry clothes on. That damn me just below the knees. Looked like golfing. Tie pants. Only there's a little big around. And had, her <laughs> and had her clothes on. And she's getting this little raincoat. Well, there used to be a comic strip called The Little King. Yeah. And he wore this little outfit, come down like a teepee, you know, these little legs. Well, that's what artists look like. She looked like the little king. And that's just happened to comment on it. She's got a song. I'll put up with you. That's hilarious. Uh, that's amazing. Well, I have you a lot of the first time you went down the river. I do. I remember the first time. Yeah. Your broken arm and everything. Yeah. With my broken arm, I remember it poured rain. Yeah, rain was your fault. Yep. <laughs> that was always called the jinx. That kid didn't ask for no, any help. You didn't. He didn't. You didn't. He done everything, and he helped. Most yeah, stuff, yeah. understood. And he says, "You said, Grandpa, can I go with you next the next year?" And he says, "Casey, as long as this boat goes on the river, you can go with me." And it went until two thousand and five, yeah. I think, yeah. was the last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Slim got me the same way Arnett did, though. <laughs> we was we was in an Indian Creek, pulled in there where we was camp. We was loading the boat to get one. Well. Slim, he did the stern line to hold the boat up there, and well, the boat drifted out. Well, I'd been stepping in and out of the boat in water about an inch deep. Uh, well, I, I was in the boat, too. and I went step out, and the boat had drifted out. 
<laughs> Instead of being an inch water, there was probably 10 feet. I just flat disappeared. That <laughs> was a thrill. <laughs> you I had several people try to kill me. I was going to say, how many lives do you have? You're like a cat. <laughs> He's used a whole bunch. Of yeah. more, more than the nine that That's he was hilarious. given originally. Were uh, you there when we set the, put that big tumbleweed on the fire? Uh, yes, I was. Yeah, we were camping exploded. at Indian Creek. Yeah. Yep. Who, thought a, huh? Who thought that was a good idea? Who thought that was a good idea? I did. <laughs> God, this great big, biggest tumbleweed I ever seen. Huge. Well, I thought it burned. I didn't know it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, burn up the chair. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Lucky we didn't burn down that whole area. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have been a good thing to do. <laughs> Uh, well, and then that one stuff. year, it was at uh, oh, the first one where you get gas. What was it? Oh, Middle Canyon. Yeah. yeah. And he put Glenn pulled in. Was going <laughs> to tell other story. You do it better than I do, anyway. Oh no! You're going to tell about I accidentally fell in the river. Yes. <laughs> about what? Five times. <laughs> The gas tank. And I'm trying to walk across the boats, you know, to get to mine because it's just packed down there. You know, man, there's a whole bunch. They used to have a crowd go down there. Sure. On the friendship crew. And I'd gone there, and of course, I'd had a beer. Two, or two, or three. <laughs> three. That's another thing. The kids can never understand the ratio. We'd take a case of soft drinks that gives six. To Ardeth, six to and six to Wesley, and six to and I take three cases of beer for me. <laughs> the ratio seems <laughs> they, they could never quite understand the ratio. <laughs> but anyhow, I get on that and then I fell in the river. Well, that was kind of a big deal. So I crawled back up and I fall in the river. <laughs> and pretty soon it wasn't funny no more. Because I was getting tired of out. Oh, and I wasn't getting much help from my family. I think they was trying to drown trying to sabotage me. Maybe you they was sure. hoping I would. Well, the one I was talking about is when you was cussing out the ranger there. Oh, well, me and Slim and uh, Wesley went down, just the three of us. And like I said, Tamarack has taken over that place. Mm. The only place at Mineral Canyon that you can get out now it's where the ramp is that the rangers keep open. Mm. The rest of it, you, you'd have to take an action chainsaw to get you cut through. It's that thick. So we're, we pull in there, and the rangers had their boat, had their trailer there. I hit their trailer, and that ranger says, you hit my trailer, and I says, then get the son of a bitch out of my way. Your <laughs> <laughs> uh, dad and Slim said, Boat, <laughs> Not the right Get person. In the boat. <laughs> so I kept chewing him out. And it's a wonder they didn't shoot me. Seriously. And finally, I says, Well, we're going down to Queen Anne's camp. And he says, Well, that's where I was going. I says, You don't even know where the hell Queen Anne is. <laughs> and he got the saddest look on his face. <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> I said, okay, where the hell is it? He says, just above Anderson's bottom on that big turn. I said, damn, you do know where it is. And your dad and Slim were saying, get in the boat. Get in the boat. Get in the boat. 
That's hilarious. Oh, well. Uh, there are a good bunch of people down there. That's great. Well, let's take a quick break and come back in about 20 or 30 seconds. I've got a few more questions for you. Okay. So, like I said, I've got a few more questions for you. Um, you guys got into golf quite a bit. How did that start? You started golfing with I started buddy. golfing and told Ardeth I was going to go golfing. If she wanted to go golfing with me, she'd better learn how. Yeah, he says, I'm going golfing. If you want to go, you're going to have to learn. And I I did that out of desperation. Well, <laughs> I didn't want to be home alone all the time. <laughs> But the sad part about it is she got so damn good. That's right. I was going to so say. Fast. That's right. You you learned. And God. to this day, isn't your name still up? In... All over the yeah, wall. Spanish, the Spanish, Spanish Fort, Fort Golf Course. Wow. All over that one wall is Ardeth Ruff. Ardeth so Ruff. Cool. Club champion. Club champion. Club champion. All over the damn place. Way to go. That's but amazing. I, I started with mom's uh, clubs. Yep. And Max told me, he says, they're too big for you before you're starting to learn. He says, you need to get a beginner's... Junior set. Yeah, junior set. So we got so, our set of junior set, just alternate clubs. Mm. Like three, five, seven, nine. And within a couple of days, it seemed like she was kicking the hell out of me. Wow. She beating everybody. Wow. Well, they kept telling me, you got to get a, a, a new a set of clubs. So, you can hit the ball further. I was content with the ones I was hitting because I felt comfort, pretty comfortable with them. Wow. We finally got her talked into a full set, and then she started kicking everybody's butt. <laughs> like that one guy said, don't it embarrass you that your wife can beat you? And I said, why should it embarrass me? She can beat you, too. <laughs> you know? That's a good response. <laughs> you know? That's a good response. Of course, response. it was bad. Little Max Gardner down in the old Spanish Fort Nine where we learned how to play and play a lot. I'd ride faster. Did wait till I'd get on number one tee, and just as I'd start my backswing, you'd get on the mic and say, uh, "But your wife kicked your ass again today, right? <laughs> no, right? Come on, Max. Jeez, oh my. That's hilarious. He always he always had some smart ass remark like that. <laughs> Hey, try the fairways. We just mowed them. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. This oh, he the, was a character. That's great. He was great with the kids, too. Yeah. They always go down there and play golf. All and day he, long. Wow. Max was really a nice guy. He really treated the kids good. It's such a great sport. I mean, yeah. it teaches oh, so yeah. many great life principles. Yeah. So yeah. Frustrating. When frustrating as hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we first started, we bought a family pass. Cost us ninety six dollars <laughs> for the whole family. For the whole family. Wow! And the kids and the boys would golf that out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> they go down and play all day long. They go round and round and round. Wow. And I bought a we bought a golf cart. We had our own golf cart. No, I didn't know that. Had on the back put rough putter. <laughs> on the back nice. And Love it. So the kids go down there and. That golf cart and play. Wow. It was play a three-wheeler. You know, had the two on back and on the front. Okay. The clubs, clubs were on were the front. in front of you. Oh, interesting. Which was great. 
Because yeah, you just step out and pull your clubs yeah, in, didn't have yeah, to pull well, around. Interesting. It was really a good car. They were. It was one that Max had, and he yeah. couldn't get it going. And so he said, Glenn says, "I'll I'll buy it if you." Wow. So we sold it to me for a hundred bucks, and we run it all them years and sold it for a hundred bucks. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's and awesome. Max got when he got it going. Max got upset because he says, "I couldn't get the damn thing going." He says, "How come you can?" Because well, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> but when they then when they went up the canyon, then there's a mountain course mm. and three wheelers are yeah. just yeah, yeah. Don't work. Huh. So we sold it. Huh. I sold it to Forbush to use in his wrecking yard. Instead of clubs, he put his auction the settling tanks. Oh, in cool! It, huh. And he could run around the wrecking yard Smart. with his torch and cut there you parts go. off that. And he sold he, it for a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. He sold it for <laughs> got every That's awesome. <laughs> So this, the, the podcast that I do, since um, you don't listen to many podcasts, it's okay. Um, the podcast that I do is all about health and fitness, um, different aspects. It could be things people eat or, you know, if they work out or whatever. We interview a, a wide range of people. And I, I just, I couldn't think of anybody better than you two. I mean, you have taken a combined, how many, 173 trips around the sun? <laughs> that's a lot of trips around the sun that's a lot around yeah you know i mean you know more about health and fitness than anybody <laughs> oh yeah sure well you made it this far what are your tricks what yeah. have you done what Bring things help you and laugh mostly laugh i mostly love that laugh. you know if you don't have a sense of humor what the hell's the point yeah well, you gotta laugh at yourself too mm. and the whole family I, is that way I mean, yeah i am we get together and we laugh at each other, we also laugh with each other. Yep. I mean, it's not insulting or anything. No. We just have a great time. Me and Ardeth will sit here, and so many, two or three times a day, I'll get laughing till, you know, I cry all the time. I've cried know, a lot say, well, laughing here. Like in the bucket list, you know, they said, laugh until you cry. Well, hell, I do that several times a day. <laughs> but I am, I love being the butt of the joke. I really do. I don't like. I would not tolerate people laughing at me, mm. but I, you know, but I don't mind being the butt of the joke. Mm. You know, if I do something stupid, of course, laugh at me. Mm. You know? I love that. But we, we do. We just—it's a wonder they don't come get us because yeah. we'll be sitting here giggling like a couple of little kids. And she gives me this snake eye that, oh, God, you talk about the evil eye. Now she's got it. She just, she just, oh, Gloria, keeps get that, so, get he that. keeps insulting me. <laughs> I don't, I don't insult anybody. That's one of my he just, nice he just things. just makes a little fun of me. <laughs> I, I don't insult people. No, I said, no. I, th I think me and Glenn are soulmates. I mean, yeah. I, th I think we were meant to be together, yeah. and I hope we have more years, but I said if, if it stopped right now, I would be lost without him because he has always done so much, you know, he he takes care of things, mm -hmm. and well, I'm lost. I'd have been a drunk if I had been part of Of course, I was a drunk. <laughs> 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 I mean, come on! I even drank so much beer; it's unreal. Uh, Love beer. It was it was a year or two ago. Um, we asked you specifically, Grandpa. We asked you what advice you would give 
Um, I can't remember if I asked or if Bethany asked the question, what, what advice you give, or maybe, maybe we phrased it. What would you change? What would you change about your life? Like, you didn't hesitate last Nothing. time. You didn't hesitate Nothing. this time. I would not change Nothing. anything. You Nothing. said you laugh every day. You have fun. Yeah. And you, you also mentioned that you for, have forgiven yourself and others. Yeah. And uh, that's, yeah, that's the first thing you have to do. How can you forgive other people if you won't forgive yourself? Mm. I've done a lot of things wrong. I have done many, many things wrong. I've escaped being in prison so many times, especially in the Navy. I've done three stupid, stupid, stupid things that if I, they'd have caught me, I'd still be in. Wow. I, when I throw that drink machine off the ship, you know, because it stole a nickel from me. What? You know, I mean, how stupid was that? Risk going to prison. For a lousy nickel and and helping them assholes that stole them guns smuggle them off the ship when I didn't even want one of the damn things and I didn't take any. I got nothing out of it wow. and risked going to prison for 20 or 30 years just to help them. 20 or 30 years? Wow. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, they stole all the 45 ammunition. Wow. They broke in the armory and stole the 45s and all the ammunition. Wow. And then they, when they smuggle it off the ship, they put them in bags, these overnight bags, and they needed one more. So I, I'll, I'll take one of them for you. How stupid was that? <laughs> stupid, stupid. And the guy in front of me lost his nerve and set his down. Well, if the, anybody opened tries to pick that bag up, they know it ain't going to an overnight bag because it weighs a ton because it's full of 45s. Wow. So I picked them up. I There I'm standing there with two bags of ammunition and four stolen 45s. And the officer of the deck said, hey, Ruff, aren't you coming back? And I says, well, these are not both mine. I says, the guy ahead of me is so anxious to get on liberty he left the bag mm. and they accepted it. Wow. All they had to do was just open one of the bags and we're in Portsmouth. Navy Toast. Prison. Wow. Just that quick. Is that part of what you mean when you say you forgive yourself, forgive yeah. yourself for yeah. stupid things well, in the past? Yeah, I've done, I've done a lot of dumb things. Like, <laughs> like when we swam in Taiwan when we got to Keelung, Formosa. Now it's called Taiwan or something. But anyhow, we thought we were so clever because we put our clothes in, in cans of the 5-inch 38 ammunition or shells and swam mm. before they cleared it for liberty. Wow. Well, come to find out, we're sw swimming in an open sewer. Oh, wow. The next day when I seen what I was swimming in, and I got an infection in my ears. Yikes. I got a fungus growing in my ears, and it took, I don't know, a couple of months for them to cure. Wow. Boy, and growing, put so much pressure, I couldn't open my jaw. Wow. They go in and flush it out and try, <laughs> try to kill it. But Crazy. God, if you look out there, ah! I've been <laughs> swimming in that crap. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, wow. that was bad. Grandma, I'm going to put you on the spot now. So um, this, we'll, we'll now go back a few years. I, I believe it was your 80th birthday. We surprised you. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember Bethany asked you a question, and she said, "What what was your favorite time? And you had one of the best responses I've ever heard. What was your favorite time of life? Right now. 
And then you said every 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 now that there was. So yeah. Yeah. yesterday, yeah. when it was yesterday, yeah. that was the best. Today, yeah. it's now it and it's is. the best. As long as long as we can be together and and have my family with me, it's I amazing. love my family. Well, we both love our family so dearly. Huh. We wouldn't wouldn't change well, a thing. I don't on. know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will, or I'll hit you. <laughs> I, I, it's, <clears throat> this is, this is one of my favorite places. This is one of my favorite places to be. Um, because I feel that, I feel that love. I feel welcome. I feel like whoever I brought with me would, would feel welcome. And you guys do this thing every time when I leave, where I'll leave and you guys will follow me out. We'll talk a little bit more, and then the two of you put your arms around each other, and you walk back to the house. Yeah. And I captured that um, with my phone, and it's something that I look at, and I just I love it. You guys are really amazing people, and you're such a good example of love. Thank you, son. Thank you. I wouldn't trade a thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade a thing. I. I can't think no. of anything that either one of us. I love that. No. Couldn't have. Couldn't have asked for a better guest for the show. Um, I wanted to. I, Grandpa, I know you do um, some poetry, and um, I. I would love to um, hear one of your favorite poems, and we'll close out. Well, that's artist's fault. <laughs> it is. I used to write poetry, just on my own. I'd write it and then throw it away. But Arda found one one day and she says, what's this? And I told her, I just write them and throw them away. So she made me start keeping them. Good. I really got upset with me because they were thrown away. Because if it wasn't for her, my poetry wouldn't be on on display in the Naval Memorial in Washington, D.C., which it is. That's amazing. Or it wouldn't be on Tin Can Sailors, which it is. Mm. You can go on the internet now and read my poetry. That's so cool. And uh, all that is, I keep telling her, it's her fault. (laughs) Because if she hadn't done that, I just wrote them and threw them away. Wow. uh, Do you have one in particular that stands out that you'd like to read for us or share with us? I don't know. I I like... uh, some of the wild ones, <laughs> but it, it is it, it's artist's fault. That's but it, to me, it, it blows my mind that I'm. They sent me a letter from the Navy Memorial, which I'm a plank owner in, by the way. I'm huh. plank, one of the originals. Wow. Of the Navy Memorial, and. They sent me a real nice letter. Look at that. That's a thick book of poems. For the listener, it's got to be, what, two inches thick? That's a lot of writing. That is a lot of writing. Come think about it. There was one one you just gave me not too long ago. That Oh, yeah, look at that. Wow. See, Tin Can Sailors, on behalf of the United States Navy Memorial, like to thank you for the two poems that you recently sent together with the letter that describes the Korean War experience that inspired them. Wow. And on behalf of the Navy Memorial, thank you for your diary of a tin can sailor. That's true story. Huh. People think, oh, that's your, you had a, such an imagine. No, that's a true story. <laughs> true story I really did all that. Wow. The poem that I first sailor. got 
that I, I caught before I got to throw it away. I said, I want that red at my funeral. Wow, cool. It's called Together. Read it, Glenn. It's Which a, one? It's for Together. Oh. It's okay. towards a friend. Tin Can, Sailor, the Frog. Oh, that's it. Raiders, Writings, Frost, Commodore Bill. Oh, that's a weird one. That's a good one. <laughs> Different View of Christmas. That's a good one. On the Colorado. Oh, I like that one. Too. That one is a good one. Season, Generation Gap, Canon, Faith, Satisfaction, Soldier. Well, I could probably find it. Okay. Find it fast. And I can't misspell my daughter's name. Oh, no. After all these years, I can't write and without misspelling it. Oh, no. I put an E on the end of it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when she told me. I said, I didn't. So she saved the envelope. And I did it two times after that. I put and with an E. So she sent me her birth certificate to show me what her real name was. That's that's oh. fantastic. Oh. Oh. So uh, together, for surely we met in the life before, another time and place. <laughs> I knew you then as I know you now. How could I forget your face? Together we knew. <laughs> God damn it, I can't do it. Together we knew what came before. To get us <laughs> together, we know what is now. Together we'll be. Just wait and see. Out of a boob. And the future will be somehow. What together we were, together we are, together we'll always be. I can't believe this. You see, ages roll on, we'll meet every dawn together all e throughout all eternity. I hope it's true. That's, that's the one I wanted to read. I love I hope that. it's true. <laughs> oh, I can't believe such a baby. You know what? You're me? Nope. That isn't the one. Well, that's when you get driving to me. It's one of the red peach funerals. Oh, this one is a good one no, too, Casey. That power of words. Well, that's not a poem. No, well, but a, yeah, I say it's a good one. There's been many a speech that has expressed great, great emotion, such as the Gettysburg Address or Dr. King's I Have a Dream. But human emotions can best be expressed in very short terms when spoken with sincere humility. Among these are please, thank you, I'm sorry, best, best of all, I love you. Please, what a pleasant poetic sound. Thank you. Simple, but the most gratifying words ever spoken. I'm sorry. Words that can heal all kinds of wounds, real or imagined. I love you. <laughs> the most powerful words of all. That's good. I'm that, glad I've done that. That one. Let me see if I can find it. That's amazing. But can you believe I can't spell my daughter's name? It's so complicated. A N N. I like this though. I'd yeah. rather be a could be if I couldn't be an R. A could be is a maybe with a chance to be a star. I'd rather be a once was than it might have been by far. A once was as has been, who's no longer up to par. A might have been, never was. A has been, an avatar. To call and never was a failure is going way too far. And you might find this narrative 
the poor Medivh Bazaar. Wow. That's grand, but that it's further, should be further oh. back. You should, I don't know where you've got it. See, there's your birth certificate. She sent me. <laughs> Here it is, the proper spelling of my name for future references. And there's the envelope with me spelling an A-N-N-E. Now, That's I don't know why. Yeah, I've done it two more times. He's, he's uh, when he wrote, when David's baby died. Mm. Some of these funny, oh, that, that's the best thing I ever did. He wrote that, Casey. I he always gets up earlier than I do in the morning. And I when I got up, he had the paper there and he pushed it over to me, right where he's sitting there, and he says, read this and tell me what you think of it. And I read it. And a bald, and a bald, and a bald. Mm. But it. But I, I did. I sit down, took that piece of paper, be... and wrote the poem, and never changed a word of it. Wrote the whole thing probably took me ten minutes to write it. That's it. Here's one to, to Casey. Yep. Okay. There was Casey Jones, Jones, the engineer, the one of railroad fame. And Casey at the bat, baseball was his game. Now here's to Casey Ruff, who's not quite, <coughs> quite famous yet, but he'll make his mark on history. On that, I'll take a bet, because he's got something going that the others never had, something that makes him special. He got it from his dad. What is it that makes him special and such a chosen one? The answer to that is simply, he's my first grandson. Mm -hmm. That's special. I love that. Oh, there it is right there. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, to Michael, you know, Slim's baby, only, son only lived a couple of hours. Yeah, he, he, he was alive when he came out. Yeah. Mm. And I got up that morning and took a piece of paper and wrote this without, without changing a word of it or anything. I just sit down and wrote it. It's the damnedest thing. Says Michael David Ruff, folks would have called you Mike. And though I did not see you, I know what you were like. So anxious to arrive, so brief here, here was your stay, a falling star who suddenly appears and then has gone away. No matter that we never met before your life was gone, was gone, you're forever now my grandson. And I'll love you from now on. I wish that you could have stayed so I could watch you grow and maybe help to teach you <coughs> all the things that little boys should know. I'd like to play your games and take you for a walk. I'd like to hold your little hand or maybe sit and talk or I could tell you stories, some that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hold you in my arms and say that I love you. Someday I pray I'll get that chance in another time and place. And we can do all this and more when I see you face to face. I like that. But I did, I wrote that just all at once. That's beautiful. You can tell the ones that, that were easy for me to write. It just came right to you. Because some of them I really struggle at, and you can tell, you know, he, yeah, he worked his butt off to make that thing go. Wow. 
Well, I, I don't know how else we could end this on a, a better note. That was really amazing. Um, too bad I'm such a boob. <laughs> so we're all crying. It's okay. Um, before we close out, I just want to ask both of you one more time, what's, what's one simple thing you would like our listeners to um, take away from this conversation? Be kind to yourself and your loved ones. That's all. Just be kind to everybody. Especially yourself. Be kind to yourself. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, um, to both of you, Grandma and Grandpa, thank you very much. Um, I don't know what you can do with this. Besides (laughs) besides destroy it. This is the best one we've done. I really appreciate the time. Um, oh, and for letting me spring this on you without telling you, and well, yes, <laughs> now you're going to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. They'll say, "My God, be that big boob." <laughs> well, thank you again um, for for coming on. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. I'm fun, fun. But this I is, hate to have everybody know I'm such a bomb. <laughs> That's okay. Poems that he's done too. Uh, Earth's game. Says I've heard. I've read and heard it said that just once on earth we dread, just once and then we're gone in this life's game upon. Well, uh, that's awesome. We'll have to publish these. These are these are really great. Yeah, it says uh, I'm sure I said upon. Uh, <laughs> well, th- this is this is an explanation because he wrote it as upon. U P O N upon. Oh yeah, and uh, and. and Interpreted as a pawn, a pawn, and it's supposed to be a pawn. And I, what the hell was that? <laughs> so <laughs> she, she typed it all up nice and that, and she, but she says, I that's the stupidest thing I've heard. <laughs> then I said, Well, it's supposed to be a pawn, like a chest, and she got a pawn. Like <laughs> it says, I'm sure I said a pawn, but she heard it as a pawn. Was this a trick of her? Of her ear, or didn't I speak it clear? If you want to make a game, say to say two things that sound the same, a pawn and a pawn would surely win. Phonetically, they're a twin. And it says, What she heard. I have read and heard it said that just once on earth we tread, just once and then we're gone. Is that in this life's game a pawn? A pawn. Yeah. Okay, and it says, What I meant. <laughs> I have read and heard it said that just once on earth we tread, just once and then we're gone in this life's, life's game upon. That's funny. That's yeah, great. Yeah, it is. Because she, when she said it, I, what the hell's a pawn? It's supposed to be a pawn. She says, I'm so sane. No, I don't. Uh, we'll have to end on that one. That's great. Oh, man. Uh, See, funny. I write them and she types them. <laughs> and types them anymore. I used yeah. to I used to type them, but oh, I have to send them to Ann and she I'm, types them. That's funny. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode. We'll uh, talk to you soon.